0: Please can you remind me if you if you'll be so kind? Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm Lori LeBay, the host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. Before we get to our show today, I always like to tell our audience a little bit about us um, because we're always getting new listeners around the world. So for those of you that are new to us, Alzheimer Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort worldwide. We believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and having these everyday conversations like we do here on Alzheimer's Speaks, that we're going to be able to remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help people live with great purpose. And um, it's just an honor to be your host and to be able to meet people and hear the feedback that we do get um, from our show. So I want to thank all of of our listeners up front. The other thing that, that I really appreciate about our listeners is, you see, you got us named the number one influencer online, according to Sharecare and Dr. Oz, and you did that by liking our radio show, liking our Alzheimer's Speaks webpage, our blog, Um, our resource directory, our Dementia Chats webinars where our experts actually are uh, our panel experts. It is you who has pushed this information out into the world and gotten it into people's hands that actually need it. You see, most of us have a large sphere of influence, one that is much bigger than us or our close friends. And Many people, even close friends, are dealing with this, but still haven't kind of come out of the closet and talked about it. So, the more information we can push out there um, and have accessible to them, the easier it's going to be <clears throat> for them to go ahead and grab it. And you have to excuse me, I'm still fighting the crud with the frog in the voice here. <laughs> but, <clears throat> tis the life in Minnesota. I also want to let you know, as listeners, you could also be a guest because. We believe that everybody's voice needs to be heard. So if you're diagnosed and living with dementia, or maybe you're having symptoms and not even diagnosed yet, um, maybe you are a loved one caring for somebody with dementia, maybe you're a researcher, um, or you've come up with a product, service, or tool for people, um, reach out to me at lori at alzheimerspeaks.com, and I would love to talk with you. you. Um, and see about having you on the show. Today we're going to be talking about uh, travel companions, and we are really lucky. Um, I just met this woman the other day at a network meeting. Her name is Carol Giuliani, and she actually is a former attorney with 34 years of experience as a caregiver and 23 years as a professional fiduciary and guardian for the elderly. And she has combined her two loves, one of travel and Um, the passion of, you know, just moving around the world. And her second passion is really helping seniors live safely and securely and getting them to long-distance destinations. Just because somebody might be ill or elderly doesn't mean, you know, they throw away their bucket list. And so I I just think it's fascinating that you've given up your career really as an attorney um, to become a travel companion. So welcome, Carol.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate
0: it. Well, can you tell us? Was there one incident that made you say, "I got to, I got to change, I got to change things up in my life"? You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there have always been differences, changes in my life. So when my was my father was fifty six years old, he had a stroke, and I was in the middle of law school, and I had to take care of his care for the rest of his life, and that was twenty five years. So that took me out of practicing law eventually because I had three kids at home and a father to take care of. And after that, I became a guardian and conservative of the seniors because I got an education that I really wasn't expecting on how to care for somebody and manage all of their medical and financial needs. So I've been doing that now. I'm still doing it for a few people for 23 years. And um, I've been winding down on that now the last couple of years because I have a few clients left. But once I take over someone's care and and financial management, it's a big project and it can last for a long time. The folks that I have right now, I've had each three of them for 10 years each. And I didn't want to take on those long commitments anymore. And I wanted to dial it back and start to enjoy a little bit more travel. So I decided I wanted to have a job where I could travel and spend my time with seniors because that's what I like to do. So I basically a year and a half ago decided that this was an option knowing that there had been years ago um, women or or travel people who would take children on planes and help them get to destinations. I thought about all of the seniors that have so much trouble trying to get to visit their family members or go on to an event or or move or anything, um, how difficult that was for families to get people there. And I thought, well, this is something I could do, and I could do it really well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And have have a lot of fun doing it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I always find that it's interesting. Have you been, excuse me, personally touched by dementia at all in your family?
1: Oh, absolutely. Besides my family, my mother-in-law right now is struggling with advanced Alzheimer's. And uh, she's still living with her husband in Arizona. But that's something that's consuming a lot of family energy and time. And and we're learning a lot in that process. But with my other clients, I've had... uh, many, many clients over the years that have had dementia, virtually all of them have had some sort of cognitive impairment so i've been used to different um the different levels of dementia and alzheimer 's over the years
0: that personal experience has such a huge impact on just the day to day getting the person and and understanding what their needs are for those symptoms that everybody talks about, but um, you have to figure out how to adapt to them. Um can you tell us um with trips what kind of trips um do your clients like to take? Well, it just anything they want to do i can I can arrange for
1: them um, One of the first trips I did was take a woman on a vacation to New York City, and her family said... My mom has this desire to go to New York. She's very cosmopolitan. She's very independent. And we would love to have her go stay in the loft that we own in, in New York, but we can't have her go by herself. She won't take her meds and she's um, subject to possible falls and you need to stay there with her. So I get on the plane with her. I arranged the trip. It was for five or six days. Um, and at first she wasn't she wasn't excited about having me along because her children had forced kind of the situation. But once she figured out that, yes, I would cook some great meals for her <laughs> <laughs> and um, I could be her friend and I wasn't reporting to her family. And I said, what happens in New York stays in New York. We de- She decided that she wanted to do, um, go to plays and dinners and, and just really enjoy the time. And so we became friends and had an excellent trip. Um, I've taken people, I've ro- relocated a couple of folks I, and some Um, very elderly people that were living in New Jersey, and they needed to move to Minneapolis to be closer to their relatives. And they hadn't been on a plane for years. So I was able to arrange that (coughs) and get them uh, secured in, to take them actually from their door, get them in a rental car, take them to the airport, and get them directly to um, the nursing home that they were moving into or assisted living in um, white, White Bear. And I've taken people on trips for family reunions last summer, I took a gentleman to uh, Rhode Island so that he could attend his granddaughter's graduation. Uh, Rented a VRBO for that, and his two ex-wives were there. (laughs) That was a fun trip, really fun trip, nice family. Um, I took a a lady who's in her 70s to Missouri. I drove her down a few weeks ago so she could bury her mother's ashes in the hometown she hadn't been in since the 70s. Oh, wow. So she's very insecure about that. and It was very traumatic for her to accomplish this, but it went like clockwork. It was just amazing. Um, I've taken people on bucket list trips. Um, I took a gentleman and his caregiver. He has some developmental disabilities. So he brought along a gentleman from the group home he's in. We went down to Tennessee and went to Graceland and to see some classic car shows. And that was a lot of fun. So um, it it's, it, devel- it, determine- it depends on how far they want to go, what they want to do, if it's getting them somewhere so that they can enjoy a family event or a reunion or whatever. Um, and I'll stay with them if they want me to, but if they have family that want to hang, hang with them and... and take care of whatever needs they have i'll be in the background or take some time off but if they want me there and they want me to help load the the buffet plate and make sure that that individual gets to the bathroom on time and doesn't have a fall and and they the other members of the wedding party want to enjoy their time then they're very comfortable with having me there keeping an eye on everything and making sure all the transportation is worked out and all the safety Issues are, are are managed.
0: That's really nice that you're so flexible with that. I remember taking uh, my folks on a cruise, and uh, took the cruise with my brothers and their family. But I was kind of the girl in charge, and I was very limited in terms of what I could do because I had to take care of all of their needs. And then everybody else kind of left the ship or you know was running around doing things. But I you know and I wanted to do that, but it would have been nice to be able to breathe too because. It is, uh, it is a lot of responsibility and you, you know, as a family member, I think, you know, you just, you take it all so personally too, that, um, you know, everyone else is watching and what's going on and you've got your family dynamics that come into play. And as an outsider being able to step in, there is none of that, you know, um, family dynamic piece. I mean, I'm sure you get to deal with it in in a whole different realm. But I mean you're not walking in with your own personal history with that person or with a sibling or or whatever. Um and so that would be that would have been a really nice thing for our family to be able to take advantage of. And I I like when you were talking about the woman at first, you know, she's like and was not too thrilled about this because <laughs> it was something she was kind of being felt forced to do and then realized, oh, this is really about me. I can have some fun here. You know, this is really for me. And And you develop that friendship and that trust with that person um, to really have it be an enjoyable stay for them.
1: Yes, because I'm a neutral. You know, I consider myself Switzerland in their travel (laughs) plans. You know, the family can um, they, they can hang back as much as they want to, or engage with their senior. And if their senior is someone who's got some dementia, or has told many stories many times, or has some quirks or issues that the family has found to be a bit much after all those years, um, sometimes they'll just put that person on the back burner and not even want to engage in him, with him or her. But for me, they're brand new people. I haven't heard the stories before. They're mm-hmm. brand new, and I and they're interesting people, and I love to draw them out like that, and they love being the center of attention and getting that kind of attention. So I think it works out really well for the families to be able to say, you know, we have them here. We have that person in our family at this event that's so special to us and we really enjoy having him there. But then again, we don't have to make sure he gets to the bathroom or if he spills something, whether or not he has a clean shirt or, you know, has to leave the party early because he's tired and everybody else wants to hang around. So that's what I'm there for.
0: Well that's neat. I I kinda relay it to when we were younger, we would always every year we would go to the cabin for like two weeks. And my parents would bring a babysitter for us kids so that they could still have fun. And yet I don't think most families view things in that light when it comes to um, an elderly person or someone who's, who's disabled in terms of everybody can still have fun. And you know nobody likes to be tied to somebody 24-7, um, including the person with the disability or the illness. You know they, they like a little variety in their life too that it's good for them. But we don't seem to look at it in a healthy light. Um, or as healthy of a light as, I guess, which I would like to see. It's more of a, a burden, or you hear people go, oh, no, we can't do that, or no, that would never work, instead of looking at alternatives to, to make it work. Right, right. Now, um, why, why do you personally feel it's so important um, for people to be able to continue to travel um, amongst adversity with, you know, if it's uh, a medical illness or your, your disability?
1: Well, I think there's so many people that still have the desire to travel. There is a population of people that did it all, had it all, and and all they want to do is relax in their senior years. But for people that want to get out and go to events, a graduation or a reunion or something like that, and the family really wants them there because they're still a very valuable member of that family, there's no reason why they can't attend those events. There's no reason why they can't. Um, strike something off their bucket list. It can be done if it's done safely and if it's done responsibly and and um, slowly. So mm-hmm. it's uh, – and it, it solves a lot of problems when, insofar – it connects the families back together, especially on those big occasions. And it prevents some of the isolationism that happens with a lot of seniors. They're stuck in a room all the time. They don't have anything new to talk about maybe. They've got – You know, a very limited life and to have something to look forward to and say, I'm going to go to Santa Cruz for my granddaughter's wedding. That's a big deal for them. And to be able to do that and come back with stories and to to be able to live like a grown up and an adult and have people treat you like that at that point in your life and to be able to go to an event like a a wedding and be able to do a toast to the to the bride and groom when you're the grandma. I mean, that's 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 very important. It might be the last time.
0: That's really big stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's it's nice to be able to bring the generations together too, and those those um, critical events because you hear so many times if it's weddings, graduations, um, those types of things where people aren't able to go, and that just has to feel so sad.
1: It breaks my heart. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and there are ways around um, being able to make that work. Can you um, share with our audience what do you think makes you qualified to run? such a business, like a companion travel business. Mm,
1: I get that a lot because I hear a lot of folks saying, oh, you're going to go travel for free with seniors. (laughs) That's (laughs) what they think about. And it's not exactly like that. I mean, I have, like I said, 34 years of experience, or you said um, 34 years of working as a caregiver for my father and then other family members, and then the seniors I have taken on when I became a guardian and conservator. And I went through the Volunteers of America training program at that point where they tell you how to do things with the seniors, how to manage their finances and their health care. And it's very it's a very wonderful program that that um, is very comprehensive and intense. So when you get done doing that, as I did back 23 years ago, then I take on clients that they would give me pretty much pro bono. They, you're not going to make any money doing this to start with. But then you really get to know the seniors and how to interact and what the courts are going to require for Financial paperwork and, and what your expectations are, how to set boundaries, um, what you can and can't do for seniors, how to how to deal with their families and the dysfunctional aspects. Everything there is to do with seniors.
0: Dysfunction? Yeah. What dysfunction? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I try
1: to put the fun back in the dysfunction for them, but, <laughs> you know, there'll be family members that are... Um, they don't have any family left. Um, you know, the brothers and sisters are dead. The, maybe there's family members that are stealing from them. There's a mm-hmm. lot of that. I mean, a lot of times people will try to get um, family members to be the guardians and conservators, but sometimes a professional's better,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, I've seen that a lot. So I've done that for many, many years, and I was just considering that if you add up all of the clients that I've had over the years – times the number of years I've had them. I have over 100 years of experience working with seniors. and
0: You don't look that old. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I
1: actually started when I was 15 in a nursing home in um, St. Louis Park, the Westwood nursing home, where I was a uh, in the food service, and we had the Holocaust survivors in that uh, nursing home. So I've been working since I was 15 years old with seniors off and on. Mm-hmm. And I've always enjoyed it and learned so much from them. Um, I'm a history major. That's you know, old people are interesting history, and uh, I went to law school and i I didn't pr- I didn't f- focus on estates and trusts or elder law or anything like that. I was in securities defense litigation, which was really boring. So um, I decided to get out of that when I had to take care of my husband and, and kids and father. And then I continued to just do the healthcare care management and the financial management as an independent for many, many years uh, for many different kinds of people. I would seek out um, different situations. A woman who had a cabin or a, a man who had um, some medical issues that were really unique or you know just just different people so I could get to know different populations of folks and, and get used to whatever quirks that they had. Mm-hmm. So, and I still have three of those people, my three immortals, mm-hmm. as I call them. <laughs> and uh, that gave me a lot of experience in the senior care. And with my travel business, um, I, I, a lot of those folks I would take on trips. I would take them up to their cabin. One lady I was taking up there for several years to Grand Marais, um, down to Arizona. But That was just a little part of the puzzle there. And I decided I wanted to focus on that because I've done so much traveling with my family and independently that I've got a lot of tricks and um, tips that I've picked up and ways of managing uh, and planning a trip. So I've been to South America, uh, Africa, Middle East, uh, taken my whole family to Machu Picchu in Peru, a lot of Central America, Caribbean, Um, Europe did a a few trips to Europe and try to do at least one or two trips every year overseas so I am able to plan those trips and have very successful trips like that and those are and have learned um, little little tricks to getting decent airfare to um, finding the best hotels uh, how to how to manage transportation and technology things like that so I'm putting it all together to make kind of a customized package for seniors.
0: Wonderful. So um, in terms of, you know, our audience listening right now, what would you say are the, the true benefits to um an elder utilizing a travel companion?
1: Well, you get individualized attention and you get the flexibility. So a lot of folks like to do group trips and those are nice, but then you're kind of stuck with their schedule. And if something comes up and you're not feeling well or, you know, something... There's something you don't want to do you're you're kind of stuck with whatever you paid for mm-hmm. but uh for me, I will put together a kind of a rough itinerary and go through that with the client. I always meet with the clients in advance and get a real good idea of what they want to do and what they're capable of mm-hmm. so if something comes up and they want to change it, um I can do that for them. The gentleman that I took to Tennessee, we went to the first car show, and I had found this car show, and it was good, but it wasn't as much as he wanted to do, I Mm -hmm. could tell he was a little bit anxious to see more cars, not as many showed up as he thought. But we ended up talking to one of the vendors there and he said, oh, there's a bigger car show just down the road in Murfreesboro. Uh I said, what time? Four o'clock. Okay, we're gone. So Mm -hmm. my clients and I went there and had the best time and we could do that. We weren't stuck on a program. And because I'm just an independent person who will um, you know, set myself to be the kind of companion they want. If they mm-hmm. want somebody who wants to be busy and do a lot of things, I can do that. If they want someone who just lays back and is in the background and, you know, doesn't bother them and they want to do their own thing, I can do that. It's it's very customized. It's very flexible. And you get somebody, like I said, who maybe hasn't um, been real close to that person and can learn a lot about them and appreciate them Whereas the family sometimes is bringing a senior somewhere just out of guilt because they don't see him very often. And maybe they don't really want to spend that kind of attention on him. They want him there, but they don't want to spend that that time with that individual. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So I'm the person there that's always going to be
0: there for him. That's nice. I I like the story when you talk about the woman in New York, you know, because a lot of times... uh, uh, our seniors will have places if it's Arizona or Florida or wherever they might have multiple homes. But now they're limited in terms of going, and then the kids kind of either take over or sell it, and this way they're still allowed to be able to to utilize that property, um, you know, even independently without family around, um, and um, still stay in contact. And that's got to be really freeing and empowering. To be able to do that.
1: Right. There's a couple trips that I've taken people driving from Arizona to Minneapolis or from Minneapolis to Florida. On the Florida trip, I took a couple with their dog in their car because they wanted to stay there for three months and renting a car down there was going to be cost prohibitive. So I drove down there over the course of three days and uh, helped them get set up with their Wi Fi and their computer and everything else and talked to the landlord about some issues with the rental property. And took him out to dinner a couple of times. The The gentleman had some blindness in one eye, so he wasn't able to drive after dark. So we went out to the grocery store and out to a couple of restaurants. And then I flew home on a Sun Country flight last minute for $99. Mm-hmm. So it, it worked out great for them and saved them a ton of money.
0: Wow. Well, that's – and to not have to worry about um, – the process itself, it, you know if you're coordinating it all i I know even with myself I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I, I speak and so I set up my own travel and stuff it's a lot of work, you know it's a lot of investigation you know to to get out there and do that mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people don't quite understand that
1: yeah with the um with the uh, travel agency businesses kind of being um, I don't know in the backsided here because they've they've uh, there's been so many websites that have come out where people can say, "Hey, I'm going to go on orbits and plan my own trip," or find some other agency that's not somebody that you pay. They, mm-hmm. you know, the, they think they can do it all, and it's all going to work out. And sometimes you do need a travel agent or a tour company. Sometimes you can plan things on your own, and you, and it's good to know when to use either one.
0: Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I also like the the flexibility in terms of. How much are you going to be around? What are you going to do? How's that going to look like, you know, as a whole? I think that would be would be really important as well. Do you do um, extended travel? So, I mean, you know, if it's, you know, if somebody wants to, let's say, go south for a couple of months, do you do something on that order?
1: Well, I haven't done that. I've taken people so that they can spend two months down somewhere or a, a lady who wanted to go to her cabin for a por- portion of the summer And if I'm not around and can't be around for that length of time, which I haven't been asked to do, Mm -hmm. usually it's people that are a little bit more independent like that. Mm -hmm. But if they do need some help once they get down there, I will help arrange a home health care agency down in whatever town or up north or wherever, Mm -hmm. or have some some, um, safety measures put into effect so that they are being monitored and they have somebody to contact and they have a, a system set up so that even if I'm not there... I can make sure that there are some other people watching out for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and when it comes to, I know you had mentioned some people about moving. Did you just handle just getting them up, or did you coordinate the move piece for them too, or um, both?
1: Mm-hmm. The last woman that I took from Minneapolis to San Francisco, um, I met her and her son, and her husband had died, and so the two sons were trying to relocate her from minneapolis to where the one son lives in san francisco mm-hmm. so i said i've got the delta sky miles card so i can take two carry-on bags and two checked bags with this with this um ticket mm-hmm. so i had so i suggested that i buy the ticket versus they buy the ticket because sure. I, I give them the option but with my buying the ticket we could fill up those suitcases <laughs> we did. <laughs> they were packed. And so I was able to, we we got transportation to the airport. I take her onto the airplane. I, I suggested that the son get a gate pass so he could walk her all the way to the end because he wanted to be with her at every last minute. Mm-hmm. And then I flew with her on the plane and then we collected the luggage. And the other son who lived in San Francisco picked us up at the airport and we took her to the new assisted living. And uh, she was, Advanced Alzheimer's really didn't have much language. Needed help in the bathroom on the airplane. Was yes, you can fit two people mm-hmm. in one of those bathrooms if you need to. <laughs> Made uh, sure she had a snack, stay hydrated, was comfortable, and it worked out great. And we have of course a wheelchair. Meet her at the at the plane, and then her son collected her and me, and we went back to the um, assisted living and unpacked everything. And I ended up with four empty suitcases. So and I had a, basically. Uh, just a one-way trip with her because she was going to be there permanently. So I took a few days off, and that's how I enjoy these vacations too, is at a one-way trip like that. I took a few days off, visited relatives, went up to Napa, filled up the suitcases with some wine, and came
0: back. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, that works. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that at all. What does your family think about you doing these trips and switching careers? and? Uh, They're not surprised.
1: (laughs) My sons, I have three boys that are 26, 23, and 21, and the oldest one lives in Dubai. Mm -hmm. And um, a couple of years ago, he decided he wanted to live in the Middle East, and he had this extraordinary degree from Madison. And I think a lot of parents would say, oh, moving to the Middle East, that's a scary thing to do. And instead I said, when can I come visit? (laughs) So, so they're used to me just changing things up fairly frequently, and uh, you know, I'm, I try to be home when they're home. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they just like to hear the stories, and they like me to help plan their trips too because they want to go all over the place.
0: Sure, sure. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. Do you ever take anybody with you when you travel uh, as a companion, or is it typically just you? It's just been me. I mean, mm-hmm. when I took the gentleman to Tennessee, we
1: brought his caregiver because he was a a, a big man and he needed somebody to stay in his room with him. Mm-hmm. So um, that worked out great. And if somebody has somebody else they want to bring with them, that's fine. But I only take one or two people at a time. I'm not doing group trips. So
0: Sure, sure. Now, what about the person who needs um you know, additional um, work with, you know, uh, just daily living skills, you know, with bathing and grooming and things like that. How do you handle that or or is that not part of your gig?
1: Well, it's always going to be. <laughs> <laughs> there's you, you can't say, oh, I'm not going to handle the bathroom duties or something. Mm-hmm. When, when it happens, you have to deal with it if there's yeah. any kind of situation at all. So um, but if I know someone and I get together with them beforehand to get to know them. If I know someone's going to need some home health care, say they're going to a wedding in Ohio mm-hmm. and they do need someone to help them with the bath and to get dressed and all that stuff, I mm-hmm. will arrange to make sure that they have somebody there that they can um, that will provide those ADLs, those mm-hmm. services for them, a, a PCA type of person, mm-hmm. personal care attendant or something. Because I'm not a licensed personal care attendant, yep. but I've done everything that possibly could you could. Do except for a lot of medications, if someone needs oxygen or dialysis or something like that, I could make arrangements with their doctors and their families to make sure that those uh, medical cares are are taken care of mm-hmm. so Usually, I have folks that are fairly mobile um, mm-hmm. and are they a lot of them have dementia or alzheimer 's to some extent but um, they're with it enough so that they can still appreciate the the opportunity or at least um, participate in it to some extent, physically participate in, in it if there's a relocation, say.
0: Okay. So when it comes to medications, they would need to be able to take those themselves? Is that what you're saying? Maybe you would prompt them?
1: Right. Well, I would give them their medications. Mm-hmm. I, I can do those kinds of things. Okay. It's not a, a big deal for that. Okay. Um. But if it comes to the bathing and, and the toileting and things mm-hmm. like that, I prefer to have somebody else do that. If there's an accident, I clean it up. Okay. That's why some people say, Oh, I'd love to do your job. And I say, Well, sometimes they're poop. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. That does come into play, I'm sure. Um, do you ever like meet with a family and then just kind of brainstorm on? Where would they like to go and, and kind of start from scratch, or do most families already have a plan?
1: Well, most families have some sort of an idea, um, if it's an event, the or just some sort of destination. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually it's a destination, and then fleshing it out, and what are we going to do when we get there, is something that I'll brainstorm with the family. Mm-hmm. And I have a large questionnaire that I'll go through with or have the family go through with that says, what is it that you want to do? Um, what's your health history, all those other important factors that you have to have to evaluate somebody and be prepared? and then um, just ideas of what they would feel comfortable, what their sleeping patterns are? Do they have a dog at home they have to they might be worried about, or what might be a problem that might crop up? just to be just to make sure that I, I know what's what I'm getting into.
0: okay. Which which makes sense and that they know what they're getting into. Now for this, are you like licensed and bonded at all, or how does that work?
1: Well, it's kind of weird because I'm not a travel agent and I'm not a PCA. So I've spent a lot of time talking to insurers trying to figure out um, how I could do this and protect myself liability wise. So mm-hmm. I have an LLC, I have an umbrella, I'm bonded through my guardianship conservatorship stuff. I've got background checks, I've got references. Um, so, I, yes, I do have insurance and, and all of that stuff. And it, and actually, for those folks that would otherwise travel with a PCA or somebody from a home health care agency, it's maybe not a great idea to have them do that because, A, they don't have the experience with the travel, and, B, there could be a liability issue for they or their employers. Mm-hmm. As an independent, I assume that risk. And I do have them sign a waiver um, because, you know, things happen when you're traveling. There can be problems, and most people understand that. So,
0: yep. Yep, things do things do happen. Can you um give us some examples of maybe some un- unplanned um circumstances that you had to deal with um and and how you got around them?
1: Mm, uh with the seniors particularly? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um mm, well, I let my, my seniors, when we went to Tennessee, pick out their rental car, and they chose a car that was just not working. It was a sports car, which was fun to drive around in. And actually, when we went to the car shows, the people would ask us when we were pulling in, oh, are you going to show your car? And <laughs> I'd say, well, it's an Alamo rental, so I don't really think so. But it really didn't accommodate the size of the gentleman, so we ended up trading it back in. So if there is a problem with something like that, I can fix it. Or if someone has um, a medical issue, I did have a gentleman who um, who fell off a toilet and needed to have the, um, the, um, the fire department come in and help him up because he was kind of wedged. Mm-hmm. And I know better than to try to yank on somebody. I know what to do when someone has a fall. And I, of course, wasn't with him. And it was a handicapped bathroom, so nobody knows how that happened. But it was a non-event mm-hmm. over the whole weekend because once you have those little things that come up, you can handle them.
0: Yeah, and a part of it I think is just having that personality that stays calm right <laughs> know, in in a situation. And um again, I think a lot of times families react, you know, just because of family history and, and stuff. And sometimes an outsider can just look at the bigger picture and um and help help everybody stay calm and get through it and, yeah. and then when you're used to traveling, um, just being able to have the skills of troubleshooting because a lot of people don't know how to troubleshoot. Um, they don't know where to go, what the resources are, uh, the questions to even ask with uh, with things like that. So I can see where that would, would be more complicated. Um, can you share with us maybe um, a couple of unexpected really moments of joy, things that have just really stuck to your heart that was like, wow, <laughs> was this a cool trip or what, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, there's been a lot. I mean, I don't, do this for you know to become some you know wealthy um you know famous person i do it i for the life experiences and the folks that i get to meet are always just amazing so the gentleman that i took down to tennessee we went to um uh, memphis and there's a street called Beale Street where they mm-hmm. have all the great music and we went to an outdoor venue where they had a band playing and just sat down for a little while and enjoyed the music And they came around, and I gave my client a couple of dollars to put in the bucket so they would collect the money. And I I said to the gentleman who was collecting, I said, hey, we're from Minnesota. Can you do a little bit of Prince? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so he gets on the stage, and he launches into this whole tribute to Prince. And he he was apparently a huge fan and started singing Purple Rain. And then pretty soon, everybody in the audience are waving their arms back and forth and singing along. And it was like, oh, my gosh, I brought Purple Rain to Memphis. (laughs) And on my recent trip to Missouri with this this woman who had um, OCD and autism, and she was just a sweetheart and uh, needed to bury her mother's ashes, and she was uh, very concerned about that. But once we pulled into town, we met with this millennial pastor who was the most remarkable gentleman who um, explained to my client about how she shouldn't have felt bad about her mother's death, that she, you know, in, in, in God's world it was not... Um, something that she could have prevented. She did everything right, and and she shouldn't feel the least bit guilty, and gave her a bunch of parables that I found fascinating, Mm -hmm. a lot of um, Christian faith and and, uh, education that was really interesting. And he spent a lot of time with her. And the next day at the graveside funeral, it was just myself and her and her cousin. And we're out in this kind of cornfield (laughs) in Missouri, and my client wanted to sing a hymn. And so she stood up partial way through and a cappella burst into in the garden and did the most amazing job. I mean, I had no idea she could really sing much less with mm-hmm. such heart and and beauty and that was a that was a fantastic moment. And the and the pastor went on to do an incredible eulogy better than some I've seen in front of 300 people and he really put his heart and soul into it. So, I mean, you just never know what you're going to see when you meet people or experience when you get in those situations.
0: Wow and uh, well i i love how open you are to just letting things play out and just <laughs> you know letting the the human experience take its turn you know in terms of what's going to happen next and and kind of looking for the gift in it all mm-hmm. and um you seem to be also very relationship based um this isn't just a job this is an experience um that that you want to have a good one and you want your clients to have a a good one as well do you find um, with your client base that you have repeat customers in terms of once they've been on a trip, it's something that they want to do again? Or um, Yes, I've had a couple of those. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a lot of times, unfortunately, it's kind of hard to market to seniors or their families because... It's sometimes a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Say there's a giant wedding or something, and there's health considerations. Some folks can just do one last trip. So it's not generally a lot of repeat mm-hmm. stuff. But, yes, I have had that come up on, on a couple of occasions, and I like that because I already know the folks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, for example, the one gentleman I took on uh, to a family reunion a few months later, the family wanted me to take him to a wedding. And so before that wedding came about, I said, there's something I think you folks should know. He needs to have – he's paralyzed on his left side, so Mm -hmm. he had some real mobility issues. And I said, he needs to have a four-inch hard-backed wheelchair seat cushion because he's really having a hard time getting out of his chair. I mean, it's like getting out of a hammock if Mm -hmm. he has a good seat cushion. So they said, oh, well, how are we going to do that? And I said, why don't I buy it, add it to the budget, And then he just has it. And and it worked out great because he was so much easier to transfer Mm -hmm. on that second trip. Uh, And he really appreciated it. So I can tell the families, and I do do this after each trip, is I'll go through in an email and say, this is what I think about your family member, um, how he's doing or she's doing. And these are my suggestions because I have all that experience. Mm -hmm. And I can say that person needs a handrail in the bathroom because I can tell they're having trouble getting on and off the toilet. Mm -hmm. Um, that person needs to have his toenails clipped okay I understand he's going to a new facility soon but that's something that the place that he's at now should be taken care of and the families don't know these things because maybe they don't see his bare feet maybe they don't see him in the bathroom or have to clean up after that but when I have an opportunity to give some information to the family and follow through with some helpful hints or you know my experience they they seem to appreciate that.
0: Oh, yeah, and that is so true. There's so much that the family doesn't see, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, Or doesn't want to see. Or doesn't, yeah, or doesn't want to see. Well, how do people afford your service? How does that, I I would assume that it's not covered by insurance.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, although I have had a couple of cases where people have had trusts. Mm -hmm. Um, Family members have left trust to their children and to be able to do things, um, you know, especially the ones that have some disabilities. And um, I believe that that's the case with some veterans and things, too. They have spend downs or whatever. Mm So sometimes people just have money they need to spend. But otherwise, a lot of times it's the families that will come to me and say, we want to have this family member join us for an event. And we're willing to pitch in to pay his expenses and your expenses. And my expenses are usually pretty minimal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so th- so they'll be the ones, usually it's the family that ends up um, pooling some money from a, a few family members to make sure that they're... Family member has an opportunity to do something.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, I have a gentleman who's in Florida right now who wants to have me drive he and his wife up to Albany, New York, over the springtime in an RV Mm -hmm. because she can't really fly or be in a car because of a bad back. So that's one of those situations where he would pay me directly. He found me directly. So those folks, I can set up a budget, and what I'll do is say, Okay, I'm going to ask a, a retainer of a little bit of money just to get the trip planned because if it cancels out, then I don't want to have put a lot of trip planning in to the mm-hmm. situation and not have anything to show for it. So here's a little bit to pay me up front to get everything set up. And then I'll plan a budget for them and say, here's what it's going to cost for both of our expenses. And I'm including toll roads, car rentals, gas, um, you know, mm-hmm. all aspects of the transportation. Um, hotels, food, and all of that stuff. I come really, really close in my budget. So I'm mm-hmm. very good about that. Um, that's the financial uh, fiduciary professional part mm-hmm. of me. And once I get that, I'll say, "Pay me, please, up front, one and a half times what the budget is." Mm-hmm. So I have that money, and then they'll. Um, uh, sometimes we work out a fee for for the service for my service. Besides that, and it depends on. I'm very negotiable about that, how long the trip is going to be, what kind of, um, how much time I'm going to need to put into it, whether or not I'm going to have some time off to visit family members or or do something other than just spend the 24-7 with the family member. Um, so uh, I, I'm very flexible and reasonable about it, and if, it's, if it looks like it's going to be a, a good experience for me, I'm very... Um, comfortable saying let's sit down and talk about it and and what you can afford and let's put it together so that it can be affordable for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Well that's that's neat. I think uh, I think it's a great great service uh, Carol and I really appreciate you uh, coming in and talking with us today. Can you um, can you give our audience some contact information if they would like to get a hold of you? I would imagine that uh, I know you're located in Minnesota like I am but um, travel is travel. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Right. I've
1: had people contact me from Chicago, um, um, L.A., um, South America, um, uh, all sorts of places. So I'm willing to go someplace and help somebody move somewhere. Of course, mm-hmm. it's going to be a little bit of expense to get me there, but whatever. I can usually get some kind of a deal on an airplane ride or some <laughs> kind of a hotel accommodations and we'll make it affordable. Um, they, anyone can contact me at my um, website, which is www.seniortravelcompanionservices.com. Um, my email is Carol S. Giuliani at Gmail. Uh, so that's C A R O L S G I U L I A N I at Gmail. Or just call me on my landline. I work out of my house, and it's 952 946 7997. I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook, so there's a lot of different ways to get a hold of me.
0: Well, great. And if you're going to be in uh, Roseville, Minnesota, on Thursday, Carol's <laughs> going to be one of our speakers for our Roseville Alzheimer's and Dementia uh, community, um, kind of grassroots community where we do education on a monthly basis. So Roseville Library at uh, from 1 to 3 this Thursday, the 12th, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really looking, uh, looking forward to working with you and... Uh, Uh, getting our audience um, on all of our platforms uh, aware of your services. I think it's really a a nice benefit for people to be able to take advantage of. So I appreciate the time today. For those of you that are new to the Alive and Social Network, you might want to check out What's for Dinner Tonight with Rachel Perrin, who's a culinary director for Kowalski's Market, along with her producer and sidekick, Adam Lee. Uh, They are always joined by fantastic, uh, I should say foodtastic friends and colleagues to chat about all kinds of uh, seasonal flavors and favorite foods and Trendy, nutritious. I'm sure they got all kinds of stuff for diets since it's the first of the year. <laughs> people, <laughs> people are getting on plates uh, for goal with that. Um, their their um, show is only like 10 to 15 minutes long, but it's always really fun to listen to, and they have some great information. You can also go to kowalskis.com, dot com. That's K O W A L S K I S dot com um, for some menu suggestions. If you um, haven't listened to some of our recent shows, and again, all of our shows are archived, um, but recently we we also had another gal on who uh, does uh, kind of caregiver cruises, and um, that might be another one that ties into this one really well. Um, We had a man talk about his diagnosis and how he changed um, that difficult diagnosis into a real defining moment in his life and what he's doing to to push things forward. We had a great show uh, where we talked with a man who lived both in America and in Romania, and he was talking about the differences and collaborations between the two countries, um, which he found out due to his wife's illness with dementia. Uh, as far as our last Dementia Chats, which is a recording that we do a couple of times a month, um, and those people have dementia. They truly are our experts. We talked about dementia advocacy, their roles, um, how they're performed, when they're performed, um, terms and, and conditions to having them be on a board or part of an organization, and succession plans. And they came up with some really, really great ideas that I think need to be incorporated. Uh, what else can I tell you? People are always asking me about... Upcoming uh, screenings of his neighbor Phil, Um, January 26th, I will be at Gable Pines in Vadnais Heights in Minnesota, and then in February, I will be in Indiana and Illinois uh, for screenings of that, and back in March, I'll be back in Woodbury, Minnesota with a couple of screenings. We're always lining more up. If you'd like to be a host, please reach out to me on that. Uh, two shout outs I want to give. One is to the caregiver um, or the call alert center, and um, they have very various, various segments for people who are missing. So this is ideal when you're dealing with dementia in a potential uh, party who might wander. Uh, they also have a section for pets because our pets wander off. Um, our uh, college students or people traveling abroad can also go missing. And it's a very inexpensive and powerful way to help find those parties that go missing. So check out the Call Alert Center. You can just go to Alzheimer'sSpeaks.com and there's an icon right on the front page that you can click on. It'll take you right there. Uh, People also ask me a lot about uh, memory cafes. How do I find one? Is there one in my area? Uh, Go to our our tab uh, called Initiatives and Projects. And then scroll down to Memory Cafes, and there you will find a big icon that says Memory Cafe Directory. And I have to thank Calendar Cards, Dave at Calendar Cards, for pulling that together. Uh, There's well over 200 at this point and growing. So again, I appreciate you listening. Uh, Don't forget to to like and click and share this episode with your spheres of influence. Till next time, have a blessed week.